So, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Daily Evolver, to the fireside chat. It's a real fire side today. I mean, it's cold. And um, yeah, so welcome to November. <laughs> October's over. It was Halloween last night. So yeah, the world turns. And as always, I just want to share some of what has caught my eye in terms of the evolution of consciousness and culture. And always happy to hear what's catching your eye. So I'll, I'll start uh, for, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes here, and then we'll see what you guys think. So what I wanted to share today was, um, I, I think, a, a significant emergence of what I often talk about, and that is the sort of the continued emergence of green postmodern consciousness into the mass consciousness. And um, what I'm going to share here today is a, an excerpt from the latest, actually it was a year ago, a high school debate was when it was still on Zoom, it was 2021. The championship, the tournament of champions for the debate society of the high school um, debates. And, um, and what happened was that team A comes on and tells team B that they will not be debating the assigned topic which is the benefits versus the costs of the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. That was the assigned topic <laughs> because trans people are being genocided and that's way more important than de debating the IMF. So uh, I'll share a little clip from this. this is the beginning. They start by playing a segment of a police roundup of the ACT UP supporters back in the 80s. And these were the, the uh, AIDS protesters. A lot of times it did spin into civil disobedience and, and violence. And so they start with this, and I'll share it here. I don't know that man's name, but I know a little of the hopelessness. What else can we do? I've done everything. I've called everybody. I've got appointments with everybody. I've got to come to City Hall and state my case. We're dying. I don't know that man's name, but I know a little of the hopelessness and the horrible sinking fear in his voice. Here's how I prepped for the TOC. I woke up a week before and learned that 28 instead of 27 states wanted to kill me. The clip I played is from the 1987 ACTA protest in New York City. It was not the first and certainly not the last demonstration of its kind. It joins a tradition of trans and queer protest against institutions and to re reform communities that are violent and exclusive. We are here to join this tradition in our own small way. So welcome to the protest. We are tired of how debate treats trans people. More than that, we are tired of the way that their treatment is normalized, how it is treated as a necessary byproduct of having good discourse. When a nationally ranked team is bold enough to read arguments and make trans people uncomfortable in front of an 11 person panel and not be called out for it, something needs to change. When okay. So the trans kid can go three years in debate believing being misgendered. Oh. All right. So that's team A and that's how they, they start. Now team B um immediately capitulates <laughs> um they concede the round because they don't want to dispute uh you know the idea of trans genocide and be labeled transphobic and so the judges uh support it and here's a little clip from the other team it's important to recognize that debate is not about winning an argument it's about making sure everyone feels okay and making sure everyone feels safe so when that's hindered upon I think that's when debate becomes essentially useless in the first place. So it was really, really 
eye-opening to see those passion RFDs given by the judges to see that debate really doesn't matter about the IMF like who cares like what matters is like those people who need to be safe within the round itself it's yeah all right so that is an emergence of this uh, green worldview. And what they're practicing here is a, uh, it's actually considered by the National Speech and Debate Association to be a tactic of debate. And it's called mm -hmm. critic. Mm -hmm. And it's K-R-I-T-I-K. So you can have a critic uh, or critics. So in the National Speech and Debate Association guidelines, they talk about critics as being a critic is a criticism of an assumption or mindset of your opponent. And boy, if there isn't it's just a, a better way of saying being sort of stage centric, um, it's an assumption or mindset of your opponent. Uh, typically, these positions will focus on power structures that exist around us and how they cause the problems we ought to address, learn to identify, respond, or to run critical arguments. So, um, that uh, got some attention on Twitter, X. And of course, got a very predictable response of like, what are these kids that were doomed? Here's one. This guy writes, if I were judging that debate, I would have granted that the, the winner, Team A, for the effective use of emotional blackmail. Then I would have reamed both teams for placing their feelings over the process and for cowering in fear instead of using facts and reasoning to make a case. And then another one writes in, America 2.0 has no future. That's okay with me because I'm indifferent to it. In fact, if I live long enough, I'll happily dance on its grave. The America I cared about is long gone. Again, as always, and what we talk about here is welcome to the culture war. And from an integral perspective, I want to appreciate what is coming on because, you know, the new is always shocking to the stage of development that it's emerging out of and seen as dangerous and confusing and often seen as a regression into the previous stage, the one that we have um, you know, sort of created and happily live in. I want to also say that there is a predictable response to th this in high school debating circles. And there's these new, more traditional, modern um, debate societies, one called Incubate Debate, which is forming. And that itself is, you know, when we talk about evolution being the differentiation and integration, there's a differentiation between this new worldview, this green worldview that is carrying a, several things forward when we talk about it all the time. But one is, is psychological safety. And that's, you know, you could hear the sort of, they all agreed that that was paramount. Much more important, how did that one kid put it? He said, um, it's, important to <laughs> it's important to recognize that debate is not about winning an argument. Now, first of all, that's going to completely befuddle anybody who's coming from the modern point of view, which is invented debate. You know, if we talk about even the Greeks, you know, when they invented this dialectic, at least in the Western tradition, um, it was about debating, and that was sort of this first spark of modern thought that didn't hold, but it seeded modernity in many ways. And now anybody modern would just say, "What? what is it about then? Uh, and here he answers, he says, it's about making sure everyone feels okay and making sure everyone feels safe. So when that's hindered upon, I think that's when debate becomes useless in the first place. 
And um, so how, how is that true uh, is what becomes interesting to me as an evolutionary. Uh, and, you know, here's, here's my stab at it, that human beings have always been, as all living things are, tuned to safety. And we have become ever more safe in our evolutionary history so that we can now live these lifespans that we live and we can be healthy and, you know, we bubble wrap our kids now in ways that would have never happened when I was a kid, but all good. And that that, um, you know, quest for safety has expanded into this, a new domain. It's actually a new domain of human consciousness, which is this sort of psychological domain that came online maybe with Freud and, you know, really this idea of having this interiority or this subconscious that is my own sort of psychological space. Before modernity, that psycho what we would see as that psychological space was seen as the domain of spirits. So if you were depressed or anxious or whatever, you, you know, you'd go to the priest and get absolved or whatever. So, but now we see this as a new space of our own existence. And with the emergence of post-modernity, there is this new thing that I think deserves note and appreciation in a way that humanity wants to, or at least this strata of human consciousness, wants to identify with the victim instead of the victor uh, for probably the first time in history. And so we're, we're trying to, in postmodern space, center people who have been in the shadows, who have been discriminated against, who have been the sinners, who have been the losers. And so that's the project. And this is part of that project. The My take, that I'm trying to, you know, make a stab at an integral take, is that as this evolution happens, that um, it's happening in two ways. It's expanding the field. On one hand, polite conversation is in a sense ever more polite. And you can see that with this, you know, everybody's taking each other's feelings into account. Um, and on the other hand, there are new arenas formed of social media that are ever more coarse and are arenas that are actually made for fighting. And that these two emergence are sort of a, an expansion of the field. And on the first side, the polite conversation side, I would just note something that caught my attention and it you know, sort of surprised me, but it's like how fast things change. And it was an apology issued by one of my favorite actresses, Emily Blunt, where she apologized for an interview she did in 2012. So that would be 10, 11 years ago. And where she was telling a story about eating in a Chili's when she was filming something in America and talking about our, you know, uh, enormous American friends. And she talked about the girl who served me at the Chili's was enormous. And I think she must've got freebie meals, meals at Chili's. So that's what she said, 2012. So her apology recent is, she says, I just need to address um, this head on as my jaw was on the floor watching this clip from 12 years ago. I'm appalled that I would say something so insensitive and hurtful. I've always considered myself someone who wouldn't dream of upsetting anyone. So whatever possessed me to say anything like this in that moment is unrecognizable to me or anything I stand for. And yet it happened and I said it and I'm sorry for any hurt caused. 
And that is, uh, you know, that's how fast we've moved in 12 years. And that's, you, you have to think that's good, right? That you can't make fun of people for their body, you know, body shaming. Um, it, a, a lot of shaming has really just become not okay. And this is, you know, we talk about moving into, you know, green. And then of course, the best of that we want to take into integral. And this is, this is, we want to take this all into integral, this sensitivity to each other and the karmas and, you know, people's stories, people really, really, really want to be seen. Boy, if that is a, the, one of the prime human um, drivers, I don't know what is. They want to, be seen and and you know the, the other side of that is everybody you get to see everybody more deeply and take more into account so that's that's one piece of it that's coming in with this and the other is illuminated by this uh video with the debate teams uh and the other is just this ever more accelerating integration of masculinity and femininity transgender and non binary and gender fluid is a hill that these young people are going to die on. They're, th th that, this is not going away. This is, and again, I can, like the continuation of the safety project into psychological safety, which of course can be overdone. And it's always brought online by fanatics. Every stage is. Um, that th This is true also of this integration, but this is a long integration of masculinity and femininity that human beings have been working on for millennia. And we want to grow into this full embrace of the whole polarity of masculine and feminine. Our grandchildren are going to be as different from us as we are from our grandparents. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's going to be interesting. And, uh, you know, in some ways, I'm glad I'm old you know, because I don't know if I can handle it. Um, you know, when these young people look at society and they're 15, 16, 17 year old, and these are the elites, these are the most educated and they see, you know, the roles of women and men, and they see this history of men and women. They don't, they don't want it. They also feel, and this is a more complex world. They feel the energies of masculinity and femininity in their own mind bodies, and they don't want to close doors. They don't want to put a blanket over it. You know, that's the good part again that we want to take an integral. And the 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 key difference between something being green and something being integral. Is the green, well, integral accepts that other worldviews exist <laughs> and green doesn't. You know, so none of the first tier stages are really, especially, you know, if we think about modernity, rationality, overall, you know, it's 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 like if my generation in high school, and you know, we were probably peak modern in a way, we were beginning to be postmodern. Certainly in college, we got into that. And when you move to Boulder, you really get into that. But you know, in sort of Western Pennsylvania, mainstream culture in the 60s and 70s is probably peak modern. And if our debate team had been asked to um, debate a topic like, who was the greater Christian patriarch, St. Peter or St. Paul? We wouldn't have wanted to do that. I don't know if we would have rebelled or we would have played the game, but we wouldn't have wanted to do that. And so this idea that what these teenagers, and they're, you know, they're young, they're supposed to be annoying. Young people are supposed to have a new idea of what the world, of, of the world. And, you know, it's not what it is. I mean, that's, that's evolution. So uh, 
I'm, I'm always interested in the idea of the mind virus, because Elon Musk tweeted yesterday that the mind virus of woke is turning, the worm is turning on woke. I think there's truth to that, actually, in terms of a certain pushback to the fanaticism that is forming and is effective and is also part of evolution. But green is no more a mind virus than orange was. You know, if you were religious and somebody came along and said that the earth uh, uh, orbited the sun, uh, that would that'd feel like a mind virus. So anyway, um, welcome to the show. So I think that's good for me for for, you know, that particular topic. I'd be interested in seeing or hearing what you guys think about that or anything. Um, there's lots going on, of course, in the news. I mean, there's no end. So I'm happy to entertain anything you want to talk about or any uh, response to that. Um, and if you're interested, just raise your hand. Yeah, I was, um, while you were talking, interest, very interesting topic. I And I was wondering, while you were presenting this, how many people there felt unsafe protesting the, let's all use a strong word, hijacking of the um, assigned topic. If any, if any of the people there would have preferred to say, well, this is a very important subject, let's set up a separate debate, a conversation about it, like I think Nina suggested in the chat, but felt unsafe saying it, speaking of creating, what we're doing here is creating a safe, we want everybody to be feel, feel safe. I just bet a number of the people there felt unsafe and felt so unsafe they didn't dare say they felt unsafe. Well, that's the difference, Karen, between the integral view and the green yeah. view. The yeah. green view is, you know, you ought to be safe. You're, you're, you're dangerous. We, you need to be stopped. But it's like, you know, reaction that moves things forward is happening. And that would be, you know, one easy solution is to look at how everybody needs to feel safe here and that we really have different worldviews on this. And, you know, I don't know. Anyway, here, let's keep it going here. Um, I've got two things to say. One is um, this idea about identifying with the victim I'm interested in. Um, because that whole notion of a victim in psychological terms can be taken uh, from something called the drama triangle. I've forgotten the name of the man who invented it. Hartman. Yeah. Yeah, Deadman. Right. In, in which um, there's a victim, there's a rescuer, and there's a perpetrator. Um, I think that's the simplest form of it. And um, it was seemed to me that listening to that woman who was speeding up as she got more and more angry in her um, worry about the genocide of the um, trans people was turning visibly into a persecutor. <laughs> uh, before our eyes, the man who came on with a, a much more calm voice after that seemed to me to be trying to be a rescuer. But uh, as you pointed out, it somehow the whole debate wasn't helping anyone in that triangle get anywhere forward. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see that the whole point about um, upstaging the IMF is also quite important. Uh, it makes youth into something that has a voice. And, and as you point out, we, we have to listen to the voice, of course. And it's very important we do because we're old white folk 
generally and we run the world and then the other thing is that we've we've fallen in this business of being anti-woke into the trap of falling into right-wingness mm-hmm. yeah. and it's become politicized in a way you know party politicized i'm in england and it's here too but um it seems to me, as far as I can gather, similarly in the US, yeah. that anti-wokeism is, is identifying with the right predominantly. Yeah. And so that is a danger because that means we get away from any kind of integral thought process, in my view. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, might, just, you might, I might quibble a little bit with that conclusion in that... Right. Um, you know, I think as an integralist, and this is in a way, oh, it's, it's in a way, Harp's way, in a way, it's easy. It's like, I can't hang with either side, you know, I just can't. It's just, I, I just, it's like Teflon. I get it. I, I like it. I, I, I don't necessarily like it, but I get it. And I, I factor it in and, um, and I want to go listen to the other side. And I want to, you know, so I think that that's just our job as integralists, and also to notice that something like this, um, uh, this protest, if you will, of these debaters is absolutely going to activate any traditional or, you know, modernist debater. And it has, I mean, there's new, whole new debate sort of system that is arising out of it that's going to be more, um, more, you know, traditional debate, if you will. In fact, there's one, I forget what it's called, where the, the students actually stand and do the Pledge of Allegiance before the debate. So, you know, the field gets um, populated and we see every piece of it more clearly. And I'm not sure that's a bad thing, from certainly from the standpoint of evolution. You're taking uh, at good faith basically every side. You know, there's exceptions. But anyway, let, let's keep it going here. Hi. Um so I, I have an issue with the word woke. I live in Vermont. And so the conversation is very different in where I am here. And I spent a lot of time in Whitefish, Montana about woke. So I'm still at the ABCs. What do we really mean by woke? I, I mean, it's all around. Everybody's talking about it. Yet, what is it really? And so, oh, you're too woke or you're too this. And, and I work with food banks around the country I coach them and they're always talking about that but it's like I'm a beginner in this work mm-hmm. but I it's would almost like a, we sense of, create... I mean, how if somebody asked you what it meant do you would you have a take a stab at it it's moving towards post-conventional is how I look at it yeah. right yeah. okay so uh, but it's like depending on who and what I speak with they look at it so differently. And so I say to people, why don't we take that label out? Because once we box that label, it's like, okay, so you're woke and you're whatever, you're not, or this or that. And so my, I guess maybe it's not so much the definition of woke as much as what if we put those words to the side yeah. and dealt with whatever is up front for us. Yeah. So like, I'm from Israel. I've lived in the U.S. for many years, and the woke conversations are flying because I speak with my friends all over the world. And I, and I, I'm like, let's. What are the issues that we are 
talking about? Why do we have to label it is my thing. Well, fair enough. You know, I, I think in, especially in terms of actual everyday conversations, you want to get past any kind of uh, label or idea of the other person. That's this sort of impulse to really just see them, just, you know, look into their eyes and see what they're telling you. Uh, so, and that's going to be trans labels. And with that said, there's, you know, ways in which that, as especially as you're looking at the culture, that these terms are useful. And I would also just sort of notice that if, if you think about even a religious awakening, or you think about the scientific enlightenment, or you think about the postmodern awakening, it's funny, it's they, they all have this awakened sort of quality where human beings literally become conscious of something they weren't conscious of before. And so in the case of woke or this progressive kind of politics, it's about all of the people who have been left out and all of the people who have been exploited. And, you know, that's worth notice, noticing. Yeah. So anyway, thank you so much. And we'll move on to Edward. Uh, when I saw that, I, I immediately thought, gee, my uh, making a living as a lawyer, I immediately went to the rules and I thought, gee, they're violating all the rules. And, <laughs> and it's it just, and I, I'm wondering if I can ever be able to put that aside at some point <laughs> in my life. How quaint, but, Edward, how quaint. Yes. And, and so the rules. And I thought about, you know, they have these moot court competitions every year and they have a bunch of us lawyers and the judges, they get kids come to the courthouse and they're from junior high and high school and they have the moot court. If they came in and did something like that, I don't think they'd ever get that far unless they really were going <laughs> under the radar. <laughs> they just say, hey, you got to follow the rules in the court system. That's all there is to it. Yeah. We're not going to go there. Yeah. But I, I did, uh, you know, I, I see where you're saying how, in a sense, agreeing everything splinters sort of and yeah. and that somehow out of that chaos that gets created hopefully something new is going to come about that's going to pull things back together because uh if it doesn't you know it all that you know all this in a sense could fall apart uh and it's like we all talk about it's the foot race what's who's going to get there first yeah. but yeah. anyway that that was that was my thinking yeah fair enough or or we get big enough to accommodate it you know I mean, if you talk about what's new, what these guys are talking about here, that is new. Yes. You know, this exquisite sensitivity to psychological safety and the whole trans thing. Uh, those are new. And they're they're going to be part of the landscape. Uh, and appro appropriately so. If you look at the sort of project, long project of human history in both of those sort of tracks, it's brought on by fanatics and um and it is again. So maybe we should just be integral fanatics. So I'd like to take a crack at what woke means. Oh, good. And I've, this is from reading the New York Times primarily, I think, that black, American Blacks have been um, using the word woke for decades to mean somebody who understands the discrimination against Blacks. And now host George Floyd all the left is using the term woke to talk about um you know trans people queer people muslims everybody who's everybody who is considered oppressed if you care about them you're woke now some people don't like this broadening of the definition and some people do but i i think that's what it all comes down to 
I think that's well said, Mark. I agree with that. Yeah. So what concerns me is the structure of civilization is built on layers. You know, like we have tribal structures that lead to patriarchal and religious organizations. And then modernity comes in with rules of physics and logic and reason and law and order. And that's all building on previous structures. But now with, you know, green, it wants to deconstruct everything. So there's no rules, no traditions, no set place. And so you just have feelings. I'm enraged about X and I'm going to make a big stink over my feelings. And so everybody else has to accommodate my feelings now because I'm all that matters. You know, my feelings are predominant and it disregards all of the structures of civilization that make life possible, like commerce and law and traditions and all these things that are holding us together. You just you disassemble all that and it just collapses. And then you're back to barbarism. You're basically, you know, who screams the loudest, who has the most guns, the most anger, the most violence wins. And we fall back to an earlier stage of development, like like we see going on in the Middle East, where it's just barbarism and tribal brutality because there's no respect for the rule of law. There's no respect for traditions and religious dictates and all the things that have held us together for millennia. And so I just see this, you know, I mean, you have helped point out maybe some positive aspects to the sensitivity of green, but, you know, if it collapses the, the, the project of civilization, then I don't, yeah. you know, I, I see yeah. it. That, no, we, don't, we don't want that to happen. No, we want to take the goodies and leave the leave the rest. Uh, I would uh, point out that you know every stage wants to dissolve the previous one, and in some ways has. And let me just use modernity for an example. So modernity comes in and just completely explains away God and spirit. Okay. And, and it and it does, you know, modern people look at, you know, the percentages of religious peoples, particularly in the West. And yet the gifts of traditionalism or the gifts of those, of the religious traditions was sort of honor and, you know, fairness and, you know, non, certainly nonviolence in a certain sort of ideological way. And so the, the actual goodies of traditionalism moved just forward in, into modernity. The story got deconstructed, but the actual accomplishment that traditionalism brought on, you know, civilization, if you will, that continued. So I would say that, you know, as we move into post-modernity, the, the fanatics aren't going to get to win. Well, I hope. Maybe this is where, you know, you're, you know, I mean, certainly what you're talking about is, I think, a legitimate fear or something to pay attention to, but they don't get to win. Uh, I don't see them winning. I see that modernity and, you know, just reason is not going to go away, but it's just not going to be the only thing uh, as it was, or at least we thought it was. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. Dexter, any last comment? I don't want to just, you remind me of good stuff. You reminded me of a favorite quote from the Enlightenment from Diderot. It says, until the last king is strangled on the entrails of the last priest, we will not be free. <laughs> Probably pretty radical for that time. Yes. So I rest my case. <laughs> Thanks, Dexter. I get so caught up with, with, with the next thing that I, I get all excited. Um, yeah, I, each next level still has reason in it. So we have 
the postmodernity still has reason in it. So we're building on that and we're growing and we're evolving. I don't see any way out of this in the in the near term because like you've said, we have these multiple we have these multiple stages all online at the same time, and there's no getting away from that. It's th that there's nothing we can do about that other than to bring the best of our own evolution, support the people that we see that are more evolved. I mean, I I look at like the my Rotary Club that I think was started out with modernity because these guys were all professionals. They were business professionals, dentists, doctors, lawyers, business people, they, you know, that got together and they said, well, we want to do things that are good for our community and the world. So they created and it and it became international where they're doing all this good stuff. Well, it's grown way past that. It, it's it's grown now, now they've added climate awareness to their to their past. So they're looking at um you know uh literacy around the world. They're looking at clean water they're looking and and all the you know and i'm thinking well this is really green right they have gone from pre-modern to they, they become very green and they're also being very peaceful like like the the traditionals that were in the groups are leaving our own club had that happen our most traditional that that they couldn't stand the the, the greenness and they quit they they left and now it seems like it's going to yellow and I'm looking at this huge international organization that I think I think it's I, I think it's going yellow. Yeah, good. I could good. be mistaken. Well, um, yeah, I hope not. And uh, I would think that sounds like a very reasonable trajectory for that. You know, it's literally going from ethno to nation to world centric. You know, well, it's been world centric, and... but it's been. Um... Um, well, world centric in the way that modernity is. Um, it's yes. able to, you know, be, uh, world centric in the exteriors, you know, yes. able to do things around the world. But in terms of actually absorbing the interiors, that's green. So, yeah, anyway, you yeah. said it much better than I did. Thank well, you. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Nina. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you, Jeff. Um, this is in response to what Dexter was talking about. It made me think about uh, Suzanne Cook Reuters' arc and how the first part of the arc is um, is about building the ego. And then the second part of the arc is about deconstructing the ego and how um, the there's a great danger in starting to deconstruct an ego that's been poorly built. <laughs> so you have to really kind of like be sure that you've cleaned up your act in terms of that first part of the arc before you can really go into the second part of the arc and start deconstructing. So my hope is that um, that rather than this, you know, like kind of green, woke, whatever you want to call it, um, that it's going to cause civilization to collapse. Wouldn't it be really wonderful if it would cause civilization to clean up its ego building act at each stage and then deconstruct from the point of view of having really a full uh, version of what each stage is. Yeah, nice. I, I might even say that that's the integral project, you know, is to um, very consciously look at the strata that of our own minds and bodies that have been repressed, that have been in the shadow, that have a wonderful positive aspect, but we're so afraid of the negative aspect that we need to tease it apart. There's deconstruction and construction 
or deconstruction and integration, or I'm getting confused now, but I love it. And uh, yeah, any other thought? Um, we'll move on. Differentiation and integration. Differentiation and integration. Thank you, Namali. <laughs> All right, Explorer, uh, unmute and share. Yeah, uh, Asperger's affects my social senses. So this is a serious uh, question for as far as uh, I need some information. How do you challenge somebody's position and still uh, make them feel safe? <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's a simple question for you. Um, <clears throat> you sort of have to get their consent in a way. I mean, I don't know. I, I, actually, before I ramble into anything, is there, do you have a thought on it yourself, Explorer? I just that uh, I have uh, my own experiences that were that are much much different than the world's, and mm -hmm. I uh, try to challenge people's belief systems uh, around uh, spe specifically around oneness and ego, because uh, I think that uh, we're <laughs> really messed up on ego and the oneness thing, and uh, I try to challenge them, but I try to do it through questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always get a lot of hard pushback or dead silence as if uh, I've scared them or scared them off or they just uh, think that I'm an idiot. Yeah. So, I, like I said, my Asperger's affects my social sense and I just don't get what uh, what's going on. And I, I want ways to uh, uh, challenge people and still make them uh, feel safe. Yeah, well, well, yeah, thank you. I mean... Me too. I think that's actually uh, sort of a skill that we can develop. One of the things that I've learned in, in, in a way more even in the last year, couple of years, and I'm old, you know, is just how very difficult it is to change somebody's view of anything. So I'm not sure challenging even works particularly well, unless you're in a relationship. And this is where I was talking about consent where you are with somebody and you're like, let's, let's work this out. You know, let's talk about this and you, and they're in and you're in. So you're not sort of the aggressor and they're sort of backing off. And, and um, uh, other than that, otherwise, then how do you, you know, relate to people and, and, and contact them. Um, and the, the move that I, I've often talked about and think about in terms of the uh, moving into integral is whenever we're in a critical mode, we get, we want to move to a curious mode. So, you know, you you want to contact people by being curious about how, instead of how could you think that, it's like, how can you think that? Or what is it that makes you come to that conclusion? And you get curious and, and then you can't shut them up. But, um, you know, there's a little bit of a koan here, I think, and that how you put that is one of the sort of, some of the new territory that we're exploring as integralists. So thank you, Explorer. Uh, yeah. Michael? Are you really are you really saying that oh. we're supposed to just leave them where they're at? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. man. That's so, 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 no, so it's, sad. It's, it's, it's very sad. Uh, but it's, uh, but mm. not when you consider that everything is lit up by its own growth. You know, every growth is built into the cosmos. So this person is going to grow 
one way or the other, and it may be 10,000 lifetimes, but um, you don't have to, you're not there to grow them. You're not there to fix them. They're not your project. Uh, you're there to communicate, to love them, to be curious about them, to look them in the eye and see who they are and really care. I don't know. It's, um, it's that kind of thing to me. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll just I'll just keep doing my own thinking then. <laughs> yeah, cool. And I'd be, you know, check back. I'd be curious to you know hear from you. Thanks so much, Explorer. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jeff. I was going to uh, um, uh, respond to Explorer myself, um, and I, I similar to you. I, 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 you know, convincing somebody is a fool's errand, and is a, is an orange game. Um, that says I have a third person perspective on the truth and I'm going to convince you of that, which just fucking doesn't work. Um, and, and the only way I think you can have a chance of influencing somebody is from your eye interior to their eye interior and to, to really try to understand deeply anything you may completely disagree with, but to just really try to understand, look as them. And then maybe that will invite them to ask you similar, or there's a reciprocity to that. And maybe not. But yeah. that's how you could have a chance of influencing somebody gives you not a chance. by yeah. trying to change them. Yeah, right on. No, I think you're you're, you're absolutely right. It makes me think of um, some of the integral teachings of Ken Wilber around the quadrants and the we space. You know, that's yeah. not really just yeah. I plus I. Right. When you right. when you're in a right. we space with another person, it's a whole new ontological entity. Yes, totally. You know, and I, you know, that's fun to think about, and and fruitful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hi, um, Jeff. I was the the woke seemed to be throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That was my yeah. comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they'd like to, um, but you know, um, the. Baby won't let them. <laughs> um, I think you know. Again, modernity's not going to go away. Reason, all of that stuff. The machine. If if anything, if 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 even if you look at the evolution of the third person, it's like in terms of technology, with artificial intelligence uh, coming online to sort of work with concepts and you know, and in, in a way that a calculator works with numbers, you know. At some point, you don't need to have any understanding of math beyond, you know, just basically grocery store, pay your bills kind of stuff, mm -hmm. uh, because a, tel a phone can get you the, you know, I could ask Siri for the square root of 14,780 and get it in 0.5 seconds. So uh, the, a lot of what we spend our time on in terms of problem solving and sort of navigating the world and making things and so forth, that's going to be taken care of. And so this is the next thing that humans need to think about is this sort of sensitivity to each other and seeing each other and uh, caring in ways that these young people are sort of taking a stab at. Uh, and also, you know, seeing all kinds, you know, they're going to, young people are going to live to be 120. They, they you know, they, they're going to have all kinds of moves in their lives. So um, I don't know, again, rambling. I just read this one comment by Barb that oh, she please. left on the, I think woke or other words, as always, um, it's a way to take a good word, conscious word, and then turn them negative. Um, and then there's also the other direction where we appropriate words like queer or bitch, uh, who take the pejorative and use it to ourselves for power over the word 
and deflate its power as a negative. So interesting. Yeah, well, so true. And I think just, a, you know, uh, a continuation of the complexity of the human mind to understand both definitions and, you know, see the movement of its of culture itself. Doesn't seem that hard to me, but um, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, that's part of it. It's just teasing these concepts apart and seeing how one creates the other and there's a reaction to the other and it gets appropriated and <laughs> humans. All right, everybody. We complete perfect and whole. All right. We can all unmute and say goodbye. How about that? And happy November. Thanks. Thank you. 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 Thank you.